Arg, Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling. I'm joined as always by Kerry Vorbis and Matthew Weir. Um, I wasn't around last week. I listened intently as Matthew and Kerry met for the first time in the flesh. They now know what each other smells like. I still have no idea what they, you know, what fragrances they can produce. But guys, you didn't even mention me last week. I was just ghosted completely. Anyway, Matthew, uh, you did say something about <laughs> what I smelt like, didn't you? You liked I my did. perfume. When you, yeah. when you arrived in Bar of Soap, I told you you smelt fantastic. Yeah. And then you started applying more of it in front I of did, me. I did, I did. Yeah. Anyway, hey, Kerry, how you doing? I'm good, thanks. It's, oh, I miss you, I miss you this week. I know, babe. No, just, this room's just filling up with vomit. I'm at ankle level now. <laughs> it's gradually going to rise. When you start hearing bubbling noises, that's me drowning in, you know, my own disapproval. But I expect you had a lovely week off. I did. I didn't listen to any of the archers at all for the whole week. But it wasn't, it wasn't kind of like, I didn't set out to do that. I was just, it, it was, it was pandemonium. And and so I've I've listened. I had the whole thing. This whole week has just been a kind of fever dream of archers catching up on everything. And of course, the most useful tool was listening to you guys. And uh, I thought you did a fantastic job. Is the reason you didn't listen to the archers because you listened to the cider shed pod five times, carving our names into your chest, <laughs> kind of Robert De Niro style from Cape Fear? No, I well, I mean, I the, the first thing was I was kind of um, just uh, well, congratulations for being here because I you know I think your both your blood was about fifty percent proof. <laughs> when you did the recording, wasn't it? You'd, but you was it five bottles of wine you'd had? Well, the no. night before. Yeah. Well, during the recording, I had one beer and Matthew had none. There's no way. There's no way you both sobered up since the night before. I, w- I, was, I was feeling a little bit tipsy the next morning and I didn't really know what I had coming ahead of me. I thought I had like a, a full full afternoon's work, but my schedule had changed and I realised I only had to teach one class on a Friday. And when they told me that, fist pumped in front of reception at school and said that's the best news I've ever heard (laughs) yeah it was it was odd doing it in the morning that was oh was it in the morning yeah it was morning wasn't it uh because I was drinking at half 11 or whatever it was that lovely lovely icy cold beer that I had it was very sunny outside we were together in Porto honestly meeting Matthew was bloody marvelous Porto is wonderful as I said last week, and it's weird being back home. And I really look forward to the three of us doing that somehow, somewhere. It's going to happen eventually, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. did. In I did, Matthew has done a fantastic job over the last um, what six months of selling Porto to me, but then mm. you just took it up to a whole nother level. It was kind of um, Warbis vision on Twitter, it's kind of like you know me, yeah. me and a me and a ta- you know it's not what's it called Pinchas in Portugal, Matthew. What are you talking about? The equivalent of tapas. Ah, the pinchos, the the little yeah. snacky things that you eat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a um, uh, Kerry with some pinchos. Kerry with a an elegant size, elegantly sized glass of wine, looking over a beach. Kerry, you know, it was uh, all very well done. It's it's a great place. You've got to go, Peter. Yeah, I have. I've only been to. I think I might have mentioned this ages ago, but I've only been to Portugal as a kid. So it's on that list of countries that I have a kind of. Mm. Uh, you know, a very sort of meagre um, sort of understanding of definitely, not, you know, I, I when I say I've been to Portugal, it's kind of technical rather than kind of like, you know, mm. any kind of real understanding. But I, you know, yeah, I would like to go. I will say before everyone Portuguese tries to lynch me that like pinchos you can have, but it's um, here it's more petiscos that they use. So you can have pinchos when you go up to like Bilbao and places like that in Spain, but it's petiscos here. It was weird sitting in a country where I knew no words of the language. 
you know, when I go to Spain or France, I know some of those languages, but I knew nothing. You might have got by on some on some French, on some on some Spanish. I said obrigada a lot. Yes, that'll get you by. Yeah, and then ciao, and that was it. It was it was abysmal, to be honest with you. Well, you would. I mean, where where you were staying um, would normally be very touristic, and it was a bit. I mean, I don't mean that in that it's like a tourist trap. I mean, normally that area has tourists in it, mm. and you know, I I found that after three years of living in in the deep south of Brazil you have to speak Portuguese or learn how to speak Portuguese because the person in the shop or the cafe will not speak English mm. as a rule. But here, yeah, it was the, fine. Person, the person will end, you'll speak Portuguese to them and they'll speak back to you in English. Mm. It's kind of yeah. a pity, pity move. Watch as I leave the gearbox in the middle of the road, crashing, crunching through the gears to insert <laughs> a, uh, <laughs> a really bad segue. Uh, well, it's a shame that um, uh, uh, Stella and Pipsch couldn't have shown the same level of uh, you know, appreciation for you know what a bit of kindness will do in communications. Oh, yes. The clash of the titans that was, wasn't it? Uh, they were both moaning about the other one when actually they were sort of describing themselves. Yeah, do you know, I didn't even think of that. That's a very good point. I did. When Pip said she treated me like a servant... I was like, isn't that what you do to everybody else? <laughs> that cropped up later on in the week, didn't it? When she was sort of moaning to Josh. That's mm. when she said it. And Josh barely had to say anything. Yeah, they were both arsy with each other. and I. But I still think, I, I mean, I hate Pip, definitely. Stella's too new to get arsy yet. And she's just come in arsy, arsy, arsy immediately, really. She's the queen of arse, isn't she? She's come in and arsed all over the place. Yeah, it's not nice, is it? It's not nice to hear. Also, she doesn't really speak in normal sentences. Example? uh, Don't say that. (laughs) I wrote it down on Monday. That was my first note on the Monday episode. Stella does not speak in normal sentences. Just that it's very over complex, and um, this isn't against the actress. I love her. Mm. It, she has very sort of um, busy sentences. It's not just because she's dealing with farm technological terms. It's something about how she delivers her sentences is like no one normal would speak. That's my I know, opinion. I know what you mean. It's very deliberate and a little bit offensive isn't it the way she tackles everything yeah i wonder why uh, maybe she's been spoiled in her previous positions and mm-hmm. she i get the impression she hasn't had many people say no to her yeah and, and she's kind of she's bristling now with what what was it brian described as our our funny country ways. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, you're in weird incestuous practices. <laughs> she does She does say, you know, every single time someone kind of offers a bit of context, she always says, well, I have worked on a big farm before. Well, I have worked in a family farm mm. before. Well, I have done this before. And it is a sort of an insecurity that you, you know, you you see mm. a lot when, you know, with, with, you know, colleagues of a certain type. Yeah, but how she she's really wanting to smash that coziness down, isn't she? She she's like, oh yeah, like you just said, it, Matthew. She said it all sounds a little incestuous, and we're going to have to have a rethink about this cozy arrangement. 
She's not happy with them all being interlinked and she certainly won't be happy with the fact that Pip has sort of gone, no, see ya. Were you not over the moon when she said that? Did you not think bloody brilliant? Someone's going to kind of represent us and sort of start to tear into some of the, you know. the. I the... did, but it was Pip. That's the problem, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I didn't. There's some. Oh, God, I'm going to make enemies here. I quite like Pip in a way. Her even I know her voice winds people up. I quite like it. But I did not the thing that really turned me against Pip in recent times was when she when they shat on Rex. I didn't like that. Mm. Um but overall, yeah, she's you know, they 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 do treat people quite appallingly. They but do. That's a, that's a trend on the archers, isn't it? Do you mean um, you like Pip as, as a sort of being a character in the in the archers, or do you actually really like her? As a as being, well, isn't that I? I like her as I don't like the nature of her character, but okay. I like her being the archers. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's all right then. I can I can separate the two. That's allowed. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Okay. Um, and you know she's she's good at it. She's good at being annoying because you just have to look at Twitter whenever she shows up and everyone <laughs> starts having a shit fit. Yeah. I think, um, I think the characteristic that she has that annoys people, well, annoys me anyway, and a few of the characters have actually weirdly Martin Gibson kind of re- revert, you know, was a, went against type on this one is where it's always the, the relentless excuse, well, it's just business or it's, you know, that's the bottom line. Mm. Like they seem to, Pip seems to let herself get away with anything, including the Rex sort of debacle, uh, you know, according to the fact it's what's right for the farm or it's what's right to make money. And it's kind of like, no, Pip, you know, you can't be the family farm, you know, the scion of the family farm and also be this ruthless businesswoman. They're, they're, you know, it's too blurred. Yeah. Has she got any friends, I wonder? Well, she's made one. <laughs> I mean, that's... Do you know what? I reckon this might be one of those where Pip and Stella end up actually being friends. Oh, what they get, they accidentally get drunk at something and they, you know, they have a sort of heart to heart and realize that, yeah, they are birds of a feather. Yes. Yeah. At some point down the line. Brian didn't do the the greatest of jobs trying to sell Ambridge, Pip, etc. And Brookfield. And they were like, well, do you know what? David took over that time I was trampled by a herd of BSE infected <laughs> cows. And then there was that time Pip got the cattle infected with IBR and she was totally fine about that. And you could see Stella was like, what the f*** have I got myself into here? Can <laughs> yeah, I go she, back to Oxfordshire? Because she went, I didn't meet either of those two. I met Pip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait till you see who, who spawned her. There, actually, there was, there was a lot of hinting again, because I just suddenly, you guys just made me think about it. There has been a lot of gradual repositioning as, uh, of David as a kind of a more avuncular figure as he's sort of softening and starting to hand things over to the kids and kind of like he's, you know, lost a few battles with them. Um, Ruth and Pip about how the farm's going to be run, and he's kind of been a bit more jolly around the. Um, uh, do you think he's been? You know how sometimes the older characters kind of are slightly reinvented, like Bert and mm-hmm. um, who Bert and Joe were. You know they they kind of like reinvented for their old age. Do you think sort of um, David is being tweaked and Pip's taking over his role in the village, so to speak? Yeah, maybe because there are some quite a few tweets saying incredulously, "David's in a good mood. Why?" <laughs> What? Why is he in a good mood? Because it's so unusual. It was like six months ago when him and Ruth were talking about what to do with the farm. He was like, never go against the family, Ruth. Like he was getting really <laughs> shitty with her, wasn't he? And now suddenly everything's fine. Just do what you want. Just, you know. Yeah. I did love Brian's um, 
saying when he, he said something like, oh, I'm trying to remember that good old farming saying. And uh, Stella said something crass like, get out of my field. <laughs> yeah, get off my land. <laughs> That's it. Um, and, it, and Brian said, live like you'll die tomorrow. Farm like you'll farm forever. And I thought, are they two James Bond film titles? Is podcasting too new an art form? Art form sounds too grand, but a too new an art form for kind of um, some kind of simple aphorism. We should see if we can come up with one, kind of like a podcasting maxim. Such as? Yeah. Waffle, waffle like it's the last day you'll ever live. (laughs) Um, Record, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what would it be? Never mm. on a document write your topics yeah. on the same day as the oh, recording. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this, could, this could unravel quite quickly. <laughs> uh, uh, just, Matthew, really want to be locked into another WhatsApp versus Google Docs um, debate between you and me, Kerry? Oh, no, no. no, no. I'll no, just arm wrestle you that. later. Exactly. Yeah. We, we could have, oh, no, it's terrible. Cast fast, die young. No, that's bad. Mm. Pod, pod splod. No. Got nothing. Uh, well, 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 you know, I mean... Are you all right, maybe... Matthew? Sodomy, podomy. No, I'll, let's go with that, you know. I mean, that'll, that'll do. So what we just said was, uh, uh, what we just tried to come up with was appalling, but I think we all agreed that it was very well written this week. And Kerry, you said it was your namesake, didn't you? Yeah, it was Kerry Davies' week uh, yeah. this week. Yeah, I only found that out today, I think um but yeah it was a cracker wasn't it there were loads of very funny bits i think uh, he's he's i mean obviously he's like you know the the big swinging d in the the, mm. the sort of like the the archers world isn't he he's like the most famous yeah face from the editorial team you know you can tell a kerry week sometimes i think i often you know we off, i often get it wrong i think we sometimes get it wrong but this week it did all of his little flourishes were there weren't they you know yeah. sort of slide jokes exactly kind of general warmth like alan was written very well this week the conversations between him and Jazza were quite sort of well-rounded and likeable. Yeah, he. I think he packed an awful lot in, Kerry Davis. I've got so many pages of notes this week because there was a lot of good things. There were a lot of good things to comment upon, I felt. Mm. And like you say, he always puts in a few, not double entendres, but a funny bits that you think, oh, I, that's a Kerry thing. Like Ruth and David were weighing bullocks. <laughs> I was going to say that, like... You know, the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, we're hearing a new destination now, Bullocks, because Pip said to Stella, sorry, mum and dad are away in Bullocks. I was like, I was no, they were someone's... weighing Bullocks. They weigh David's testicles like, every 11th of October. No wonder he's happy. <laughs> That's been his day. Yeah, A lot of silage. Mm. Yeah. Have you ever weighed your Bullocks? No, I, do you know what? Call me old fashioned. <laughs> I mean, how would you do it? How would it would be a it, anyway? I mean, you know, it. Uh, it does the, the. I mean, it would have to be water displacement technique, wouldn't it? You'd have to. That would be oh, the only clever. way of doing it. And then you'd have to average. You know, you'd have to find out the average density of the human testicle. That would be your mm. your best bet. So, Matthew, um, next week we need our statistics. <laughs> yeah, get back to us next week with your numbers, guys. That was e- eerily detailed, Peter. I have to say. No, well, I, I mean, do you know what? I'm going to be a little bit boastful because otherwise I'll sound like a deviant. Um, that You've got enormous bollocks. I just, <laughs> I, I don't, do you know what? I don't know anymore. I mean, it's been so long since I've seen anyone's but mine and Cyrus's. I really don't know what, you know, what constitutes big ones anymore. So, you know, and you you can't, you can't, the films are no real guide, are they? I mean, that's no. <laughs> what films are you watching? <laughs> Only Highlander. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and have you not seen the um the, the Highlander R R R cut, Matthew? It's a it's a very different movie. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get Carrie on that and she can live tweet about it. Oh Matt, if if there is an adult version of Highlander out there, we should all download it and all live tweet it at the same time. That's me and Matthew would handing in our resignation, Kerry. <laughs> if there's an R-rated Highlander out there, that's you know, a whole new podcast. And you'd be very welcome. Thank I you. think I can say that, can't I, Matthew? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There was another bit as well, I've just thought, when um Alan said to Amy, when I saw him bearing down on me after the service, I had a feeling I might be a while. And that was about <laughs> Arthur Shillington. <laughs> Arthur Shillington, the edge lord of Edgeley, wasn't he? Yeah, the ch- church warden. Yeah. Got, yeah. I don't know. There's just funny little lines like that where you think, aye, aye. I thought they were... I thought they were even mining that idea that everyone else is like, Amy is so f***ing boring. Because this week, I mean, mm. first of all, unforgivable. If you think knocking on heaven's door is a Guns N' Roses original, f*** off. <laughs> the starters. Get yeah. in the f***ing bin straight away. And then you've got, then we've talked about how boring she is. Mm-hmm. And then she started throwing in things like, oh, that sounds... I might go and rearrange my sock drawer. That sounds more interesting. I'm like, you probably do that for shit, you know. Yeah. She probably thinks that's really exciting. Is she yeah. written dull on purpose? I yes. Mean, she is. No, I don't think so. No? Because I wrote down some of her lines and I thought, on paper, they look okay. And I think it's the delivery. I- I'm sorry, but I do think it is. We do have a sort of unspoken policy, don't we, of almost never criticising the actors. Well, one theory is that she's meant to be playing someone who's run down after right. working yeah. in the, for the NHS during COVID, which that's fine. But, you know, I get run down. <laughs> I have a sleep and then I talk like a human the next exactly, day. Exactly, exactly. I, I did write down that terrible Bantz thing that her and Alan were supposed to do, like the Guns N' Roses, Bob Dylan thing. Yeah. And then there was another bit of it as well. What was the other Bantz thing? Oh, I need to look at my notes. But literally her delivery was dread. Oh, it was about the motorbike. She kept trying to do jokes, didn't she? She said, that when you tell Usha, make sure you tell me in advance so I can buy pop. Corn yes. and book a front row seat that is something i would pay good money for to be honest kerry you gave it more passion <laughs> but you um, know written down as a line you could get yeah. someone to say that couldn't you and go i'll oh, make sure you tell me in advance i'll buy popcorn because that's something i'd pay good money for jazz is there saying like i i chromed the the mud guard and she was like "Ooh, fascinating i was like i don't think you're in a position to say that <laughs> yeah. matthew uh, a new character arrives in the vi- a village next week and you suddenly spot it's um, acted by Miss Kerry Warbis. Describe that character. Who is, I mean, it, it can be typecasting. It can be, you can sort of see what kind of range Kerry would have. Who is this character who's coming in? I think an, an Earth Mother type to rival Kate. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, right? No, no, Earth Mother, dream catchers, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, with a penchant. Friends of Pat then. Yeah, penchant for um, for um, fortified wine, and um, always willing to get a karaoke going in the bull. Yeah, I do. I, I'm just imagining the editor saying, "Kerry, we can we can do the wine with a foley artist. No need." <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
God, I don't drink that much. This this whole uh, do I, Matthew? No, I can testify uh, to that. Who's going to play in the first 30, 30 seconds of last week's pod? I can do it if you want. Um. <laughs> yeah, one beer at half yeah. eleven. No, it, it's um, some sort of myth around me that I have to run with, I think. Well, you know, I mean, it's like the pork scratchings thing. I mean, you wouldn't mm. be alive if these if these kind of caricature, if you were the caricature <laughs> that we make you out to be. So it's sort of, it's all part of the, the myth yeah. and legend. Are pork scratchings under threat from the supply chain? That's a good point. Oh, my good Lord. Harry. I, well, I can make my own, can't I? Don't worry. You're just going to get out there and scratch yourself. <laughs> out of humans, if necessary. <laughs> just wander the streets of Brighton. <laughs> I saw Jay Rayner in the week. I landed back from Porto, went straight to Jay. And there was a picture on his slideshow behind him when he was doing his talk of him, who I quite lust after. And he was lying on a bed of pork scratchings. Imagine, I nearly exploded. You went So you went straight from Gatwick when you came back from Porto to go and see him. Yeah. And you had a chance to ask him a question, didn't you? Yes, I did. And the question wasn't, why have you blocked at Mr. Weir on Twitter? Oh, sorry. I did say I would ask him. Yeah, you did. I I have no idea why he blocked me. I've never had any knowing interaction with him ever. And he's blocked me. I think I was so mesmerized by his presence right in front of me uh, that I asked a silly food question. You do do a good line in sarcasm, Matthew, on Twitter. And it is quite possible to, that, uh, you know, at a, at a maybe just at a glance, something could be misunderstood. Wouldn't I find that in my search, though? I didn't find no, any no. tweet that had ever involved me and him in the oh, same. Okay. Yeah, which is a little strange, Aww. which makes me think I was included in a tweet. Yeah. That might have been chef based mm. uh, back in the day. And he took, he just blanket blanked, um, blocked everybody in the tweet. But. Anyway, I fair think enough. Be that kind of man. I'm no, me either. But you know, to be honest, you know, I'm done with him. His mother, his mother's <laughs> fascinating. When Kerry said she was going, I did a bit of research about his mum, and I want to read her book. She sounds like she had the worst childhood imaginable. Just an oh, awful. No. She had an awful, awful mother who subjected her to quite extraordinary amounts of um, emotional cruelty. So you know, oh, shit. So she's, you know, she's that cliche of the person who. Rather than becoming the, um, you know, the abused becomes the abuser, they kind of flip the other way and become sort of like almost defined by their need to compensate, you know, which you can see in her life, can't you? Um, And also the fact that she was a a practicing nurse, you know, when she was running her, you know, when her business sort of as as an agony aunt kicked off. So anyway, she's unlike, you know, so many other journalists fully, well, I'm not trying to slam journalists, but, you know, she, she, she really knew her stuff anyway, but yeah, um, interesting woman. Should we, um, should we talk about another wonderful, yeah, another Another wonderful wonderful person. (laughs) Well, speaking of interesting women. (laughs) No, Amy, one last thing on Amy Mm. is that she just, I mean, she was just floating around saying these little comments, but, oh, that's interesting and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then when Jazza came around to say, I'm not going to sell the bike and Tracy feels bad about it, she chipped him with, I should think so. At that point, I was just like, piss off, Amy. Yeah. You know, what are you here for? I know. She was, was she a member of Dross? She wasn't, I assume. I assume <laughs> they just named the band after, after her. After her, yeah. <laughs> also, she went, sorry, sorry, one more thing. She took a personality test. 
<laughs> well, I wondered when we would mention that. That was to see whether she had one, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought Alan was going to say, but what if you take the test, love, and it comes back negative? <laughs> In some small defence of Amy, not actually not really a defence of Amy, but just a peculiarity of the show, they do have a kind of trope that they lean on, which is the parents get sort of mauled by the children as kind of as light comedy. And I kind of, and and it's that sort of comedy that's very hard to write and very hard to do well, which is not a criticism of um, Kerry Davis this week, but you know what I mean? Like unless you're part of the family, it's difficult to kind of like, you know, understand all the intricacies or kind of fully emotionally link into it. So I kind of feel like, the actress and the character were not particularly well served by, you know, them them going back to that kind of hackneyed old technique. If that, or am I clutching at straws? No, no, I, I think you're right. It was because um... you guys mentioned you you I, you just made me think about it when you were mentioning the sort of the teasing about the motorbike. Any normal daughter would turn around and go, "Well, you know, you've already got one. It's a bit mental, but you know, knock yourself out." There wouldn't it would just wouldn't be some kind of the door I just don't sort of feel like it's and especially with Alan, such a gentle man, you can't really imagine his daughter re- talking to him like that. No, exactly. And especially as she's just sort of nervously said, I'm giving up midwifery, and he was super duper supportive to for her to then yeah. go, You've got one too many motorbikes already. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when they when he finally mentioned it to Usha, they were like, What did Usha say? I felt like Alan was going to say nothing because she doesn't exist. Yeah, and, and also, sorry to be get super pedantic about it. If it's his first motorbike, it makes sense because now he's an inexperienced man about to get on a 1970s motorbike and rattle around a bunch of lanes where you've got, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, mm. uh, Chelsea has run people over. Um, Nick ran people over. You know, these are dangerous roads. But um, but but it's not. It's his second bike. He's been cycling. He's been motorbiking for years. It's just not a big deal anyway. Sorry, I'm overthinking it. But um, there you go. Yeah, the personality test thing. Going back to that, what do you think of those? He Alan mentioned. Oh, I did a Myers Briggs years ago, and she sort of went. Oh, it's very interesting. I've got, now got a short list of careers that I'm going to now apply for, as if. Having done a test, she's thinking I'll do those five or apply for those five things without actually thinking, what do I like doing? What do I want to do myself? She had to do a test to find that out. I don't know. I would assume, Kerry, after 25 years at a big <laughs> company that you would have had some thing like I that done to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have. I think they're Did all a the load end? of shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's really, truthfully, it was 27 years as well, even longer. Ah. Um, but no, yeah, we periodically had to do Myers Briggs and other similar things like that, and I just think, no, not credible at all. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's like any therapy, isn't it, or, or um, any of these things where you know, y- if you engage in it, even if it's not a completely accurate or worthwhile science, it holds enough of a mirror up to you that you can then get some useful deducements out of it. But for someone like me and you. I just, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm so narcissistic and self-absorbed. I don't need another opportunity to have a look at myself. <laughs> it's, you know, it's an almost continuous process anyway. But I just think the questions yeah. are ridiculous. It's really sort of um, too nuanced to pinpoint anything. You could do it the next day and forget what you said the day before and come out differently. 
if you I don't know like you say I think it's if you don't know yourself at all maybe it's useful I, I, what do you think Matthew have you, have you ever done one of those before I say anything um Kerry did no no no. (laughs) Mm. you were breaking up for me then oh yeah there was a little bit of crackling not port crackling either oh sorry don't know why i Mm. think it's an internet speed thing oh right um i've never i've never taken one of those tests uh so i wouldn't really know well we can we can roll that into the um quadruple num um listener figure matthew um special episode we'll do a we'll do a myers-briggs test for matthew i mean i've always felt very naturally suited to the right careers that i took at the times in my life Mm. uh there was very much a point where i was like right don't want to be a restaurant chef anymore don't want to do like head chefing sous chefing want to go out and do private stuff be in control of my own (laughs) hours and then there was just a point where one day I was like, I don't want a chef anymore. And, yeah, you didn't so need I, a I, test to tell you that. I wonder what the no. five things were that Amy was told she'd be good at. What do you think they are? It's going to be something like, oh, I'm trying to think. What's Stand-up it? comedian. Samaritan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Kerry, you said she thought you thought she might be good at Samaritans. Did you say yeah. that or did I dream it? You said that. No, you said it. What are you on about? <laughs> Didn't you say that a couple of weeks ago? No. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to the episodes now. I would not have said that. I honestly haven't said she'd be a Samaritan. I can't think what she'd be. Maybe one, I don't know, a job where you don't speak at all. That's what she'd be good well, at. What, whatever job it's going to be, it's going to be something in the village, isn't it? Because they brought her back and we yeah. stuck with her. And so it, there'll be there'll be some ridiculous um, Ambridge style coincidence. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I've got it! It's all happening at once. Lillian is going to stick her nose into the stable. She's going to decide that it needs to. They need to build up rather than just continue. Shula will reluctantly go along, and Amy will somehow be involved in the new stable shenanigans. Ah. Oh God, really? Yeah, I mean, come on! It's the kind of thing that they do, isn't it? Alice is going to be in there, isn't she? I would presume. And is there then going to be a tension because, um, I mean, a tension because Amy is getting involved with Chris? That's an excuse for her to bump into Chris all the time because, you know, he'll be popping by to kind of like um, show off his um, metal trees and occasionally put a a horseshoe on a horse. (laughs) Um, And, you know, that'll be where the magic happens. I mean, if Amy's in the stables only talking to horses, that's fine. If no people have to hear her. Only if you're not a whore. If you're a horse, Kerry. <laughs> have a very different... I, I mean, how has Amy so quickly taken over from Adam and Shula as, like, Matthew and Kerry's number one... Only because Adam character. hasn't been in it for a while. Adam, know. if Adam was in this week, he would he would trump, Kate, uh, trump um, Amy, would he? Yes. Who's, the big, who's the bigger log, Kerry? Adam, 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 Adam. All day long? Yeah, I mean, Amy's a sapling at the moment she's yeah going that way yeah but she's like bamboo she's growing fast there's oh, you know God. she's gonna yeah she's gonna, so yeah she's gonna be i think she's gonna be at the stable so i mean i i you know i don't often have confidence in my predictions but i'm feeling pretty good about this one i think that makes sense i've just thought of a good segue speaking of jobs and working what about blake that and, was nice yeah and he's he, he's 
doing the um, odd jobs around the house. And I, I, which day was it? Oh, yeah, it was on Monday. You know, when Stella was saying there's a shortage of labour, they need to get the maize in, they need to spray off some pasture, drill some fields. I was just thinking, Blake, 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 get him in there doing some work. Yeah. Did I miss here or did Stella say, I'm going to put tractor driver Paul on my to-do list? Exactly yeah, what she said. she did. It couldn't have sounded weirder. It was very, very odd. But I, I do, um, I mean, the Martin Gibson thing was um, heartwarming, but you can you can just see the car crash coming, can't you? The minute he was interested, it was, it was all weird. And you thought, what's his ulterior motive immediately, didn't you? And then you think, He's going to do this for some sort of publicity of some kind. Try and get Blake in the paper. Yeah. So that's going to be it, isn't it? Jazz is going to flip because he's going to do it for Blake. And then you're going to see the the sort of the self in, you know, the totally cynical um, actions of, you know, um, what's his name? What do we know about Martin Gibson? Is he that Machiavellian or not? I thought he was always supposed to be the... I mean, he was very clearly described the other day by Justin as mm. being a little man, you know, having little little vision, no kind of broader scope for yeah. uh, in terms of how he approaches business. And so I think that was obviously a setup so that, you know, like we'd, we'd be like, oh, mm. this is a different side to him. And we're seeing a sort of, you know, the, Martin the... Martin, the free thinker. I mean, even if he is doing it for cynical reasons, it is a kind of it. It, it, it does fly in the face of you know Justin's description. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not actually sure, but there was a bit of a whiff about it, though. Yeah, I think the main whiff was from the fact that Brian had clearly pissed on his shoes because he was like, "Sorry about your <laughs> shoes, uh, Martin. If you'd have warned me, I'd have given you wellies." It was yeah. a bit weird how little he seemed to know about running a farm. Yeah, he said to Jazza, and then it'll free you up to do uh, whatever it is you do with the pigs. It was like when Prince Charles meets <laughs> normal humans, wasn't it? Everyone it was runs like... their car on old wine and chocolates, <laughs> Matthew. That's a perfectly normal way to run your car. <laughs> Everyone's doing it over here now. Actually, they should be doing it over here now. It's probably, you know, be quite a you know, good idea if you can get your well, car. Well, I mean, I, I, by, Christmas, yeah, by Christmas, all you'll have is chocolates because that's all you're stocking up on early, isn't it, for Christmas? Mm. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, Very funny, Matthew. Just because you're over there having a lovely time. <laughs> listen, listen, you can have the last laugh because I'm meant to be coming to England for Christmas oh, to, yeah, survey, to, su- to survey the wreckage. Well, I my my Christmas catering is someone else's problem. We have a uh, our our family holiday this year is staying in a hotel for Christmas. It's going to be absolutely glorious. Did you are you going to stay in a harvester? Um, I mean, it might. I mean, my the, the the people who run it might be part of the harvester, you know, organisation. I don't know, but my um my dear friend Andy, who listens to this podcast, he went to a harvester for Christmas dinner on the insistence of someone um, within his family. He didn't order Christmas dinner. He ordered the mixed grill on the basis that the chef couldn't cook seven things badly. But on that day, he outdid himself. <laughs> there you go. Do, when you say family, Peter, do you mean you, your lovely wife and your son as a three? Yeah, just the three of us. OK, good, good. OK. So just, just you know, I, I adore my extended family, but mm-hmm. there is something there is something very nice you know, to be yeah. able to, to, at the end of a Christmas day, be elsewhere. So do tell us afterwards what Grey Gables was like. 
<laughs> I, it's I I am um, I I feel I feel very uh, anyway I won't bore you with the place we found but I'm very I feel very I'm very I, for once I'm excited I am not someone who looks forward to things I you know I am um, <laughs> that sounds very optimistic of you oh, blimey but I you know I'm a, I'm a, one of life's pessimists and misanthropes I mean, but yeah, um, you, I'm, I'm you excited. should you should hear our um, pre-pod meetings <laughs> <laughs> come on. Okay. Peter never looks forward to anything. Right. <laughs> I do, you know, I mean, I do my best to be... I'm, to... I'm, come on, I'm getting a ride oh, the, at you. The, yeah. the, um, what's it called? The, the, the relevance was someone else is going to have to worry about what food I eat um, for several meals over Christmas, and that is, given the current climate, a bit of a relief. It is, but you're a right cook man, aren't you? So have you got mixed feelings about that? Or are you just literally thinking, oh, no, this is so glorious that someone else is doing everything? Oh, no. But I mean, like, so if you take if you take um, the archers as an example, um, you know, I am not a Jennifer in the kitchen. I have no ambitions mm. or I'm not a I'm not a um, uh, well, who's it? The cake lady. Um Jill, I can't do, you know, I can't do big, excite. I am a, I'm a plodding cooking every meal kind of, you know, getting food on the table kind of person. I'm not, I don't do anything fancy. Okay. So, you know, if I'm missing out on cooking, it's, I'm I'm not missing out on doing a kind of like a big, you know, Jenny style tada where everyone kind Mm. of looks at my, um, uh, you know, as I pull a cloche up and there's a kind of tadukan underneath, it's, you know, that's not me. So I'm not missing out at all to answer a long winded way. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks for mentioning Tadukan, by the way, Peter. We've touched, we, me and you have spoken about that before, haven't we, on WhatsApp? But it's um, an American uh, um, partner of a friend of mine introduced me to Tadukan. Isn't he in the Tory party ago. and people want him to be the leader <laughs> or something? Probably. Um, are you? Do you know what Tadukan is, Kerry? I do. Of course I do. It's okay. got meat involved in it. It's like loads, okay. of, yeah. loads who, of creatures who, stuffed sorry. inside each other. What am I, what am I yeah, Kerry falls asleep every night going through her Metapedia, her giant sort of like 15 volume <laughs> leather bound. But you know, but yeah. yep. skin bound, like in each page is like a different type of meat. That a crackling bound book <laughs> about meat. Oh my God. That sounds marvellous. Yeah, I'm. I'm str- I've got the weirdest boner right now. <laughs> the the um I uh so okay uh, the um talk. I mean, I thought that. Oh, sorry, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say that. How do we segue from Matthew's uh, boner to something? Uh, how, okay, for, I, I'll just say what I was going to say. I um uh someone I can't remember who suggested that Russ might have been aroused um underneath his um hair cutting blanket. Oh no, no, but he was very he was very very happy, wasn't he? He wasn't Matthew happy, but he was very very happy with the end result of Chelsea's work. Yes, and he I'm, was. I'm very excited about the Chelsea Russ double act. Russ is superb. I love the actor. The delivery is amazing because he had that perfect combination of being superior but vulnerable in that Mm. situation. Lily was loving uh, ribbing him about the whole thing, didn't she? Till it backfired. Yeah, exactly. She was she had a sulk on because Chelsea chose Russ to teach her rather than Lily, which I thought fair enough. I loved it when Chelsea went, well, you know, he is an actual teacher and you just sell kitchens, don't you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because earlier Lily had been going like, we don't sell kitchens, we sell dreams. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then but and, and then of course and then of course as itself in the case like you know russ might be a you know stuck up slightly pretentious tit but he then you then got to hear him and him teaching um chelsea i don't know anything about teaching i don't think hugely about dyslexia but they i i was sold it quite well it seemed like it seemed credible that chelsea was enjoying and getting his technique and that he was you know he's obviously a good teacher I think the best thing he did was he complimented Chelsea on the fact that because she did that whole monologue, didn't she, about and then this happened, then that happened, and then, oh, you never guess what, this happened. And he mm. sort of went, um, well, you've just described something in a very vibrant and lively manner. So you clearly, you know, he tapped into complimenting her on her skill of communication and... I don't know. I, I thought that was very smart of him and genuine. Yeah. It sounded genuine anyway. Um, and it's that? also it's also the sort of um, it's winning the it's winning the war, not the battle, isn't it? Whichever way around it is, you know, he's even if even if Chelsea, even if Chelsea loses marks for, um, you know, using colloquialisms or losing slightly clumsy mm. language, her being engaged and excited and feeling her own potential is going to give her a better end result. So it's like good teaching just yes. to get her enthused and feel confident, even if it's kind of like, you know, even if Chelsea being fully Chelsea is never going to, you know, sort of give the the best, you know, she's not she's not going to become a, a, a you know, prize winning barrister. Yeah, his approach was better because Lily was sort of going, you've got to think about the marking grades or something, you know, like wrong end of the stick. Yeah, he was going and I don't really like this word, but he went holistic, didn't he? He was just saying mm. like she's expressing it. one of the things we always say in the school like we're teaching portuguese kids to speak english is just let the kid talk mm. let them make their own mistakes don't stop them don't interrupt them let them keep going and at the end we'll talk about what they said wrong you know don't now don't that sounds them. like the mantra for a podcast <laughs> you yes know, we, were, we were talking earlier yeah, although think? I think there's probably a, there's a hundred people screaming at the um, speaking <laughs> out. No, you should stop talking. You yeah. should be interrupted. You know? yeah. No, absolutely not. I I liked um, Chelsea's small talk while she was cutting his hair as well. So tell me about this gallery then. <laughs> she was <laughs> yeah. absolutely like, going anywhere nice on holidays for us. Mm. For me, there was a kind of there was a kind of unspoken message. It was almost like, tell me about your pointless job that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he say something like? Um, Oh, I had a really difficult hanging, and she said, "Oh, that sounds painful." <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those little jokes that was um, absolutely mm. fantastic. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean, Chelsea. Chelsea had that big falling. First of all, she was uh, she had a f she was full on for um, Johnny. Yeah. And then Johnny dissed biker girls because of Jade, and then apparently dissed a girl's hair because she took helmet off and had helmet hair he did so chelsea's hair didn't he yeah yeah and then, she, and then she kind of um you know didn't realize how sensitive he might be to her anxiety of course she was a bit she was a bit rough when she threw threw back in his face that he was losing his hair yeah at least i've got some or something. <laughs> but yeah. I, that was one of the things i've said this before where you can sort of feel the script editors, not the script writers. The editors have kind of in, have kind of marked out a plot, and you can imagine Kerry sitting down at the beginning of the week and going, "I've got to get all this in." So somehow Chelsea's got to credibly fall for Johnny and then trash him and ditch him all in mm -hmm. an episode. 
I mean, it was quite a it was a quite a rush, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was actually yeah. done about as well as it could be. But... Yeah, I get exactly what you mean there, Peter. It, I agree. I was thinking about that too. It was crammed, wasn't it? And a bit like, what would she do that? Uh, but it had its purpose. Do you think, asking you two now, do you think Ben and Rory being of slightly older, but only slightly older age than Chelsea, do you think they have been as all over the place as her character before? And we maybe we don't notice it in such a pantomime way because of the accents? I'm talking about this class thing in mm. the Archers again. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Ben, ben was an arse when he went out with Rory that night when they went to the club. Yeah. I feel if that had been Chelsea, we would have noticed it so much more. Whereas Chelsea, I don't know, it's all about that emotional intelligence as well. It's like she's, they seem to set her up to get upset and angry a lot quicker because she doesn't seem to understand the, the complexities of the emotions that are going on. I don't know if it's, I think it's, she's a chip off the old block, isn't she? And Tracy's very much the same in that she just says what she feels in that moment, the heat of the and moment. Then, and I'm yeah, going you to said last week myself. She changes her mind immediately as well. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. So I think they are very um, expressive individuals. And I think she just says exactly what she's thinking and says it a lot. Yeah. Whereas Ben, so it's not necessarily just to do with the accent or class. I just think she's very vocal and expressive in the moment all the time. And Ben is less so. I've always... um as you know, 100% agreed with what Matthew was saying about sort of classism in the Archers. And I think I've you know, made the point or agreed with you guys making the point on numerous occasions. But I do think that Chelsea is being written as a pantomime character, pantomime character. So it's very difficult to see where the general Archers classism ends and Chelsea's kind of like, you know, fun buffoonery, which I'm really enjoying, begins. Ah, you think she's being written as a pantomime character? I, I feel that, yeah. I feel like she's being written as a bit of a jokey character. Um, hopefully they mature her. They've um, done it with Tracy. That, sorry, mm. that sounds, I don't know why that sounds... Like a cheese. Say it like that. Yes. Get um, Helen on it. But yeah, I think maybe partly, perhaps, it's to do with the fact we've had a lot of her in a short amount of time. Just to play devil's advocate here, this idea that you can flip-flop you can have someone like brian bringing jazza around a bottle of whiskey the next week he's having a go at jazza in front of neil saying what is he doing here and then this week he's saying to martin mm. gibson Jazzer's fantastic <laughs> you know it's just like well okay yeah All right they're allowed to have their little emotional um roller coasters yeah and it somehow feels that it's it's more. It's excusable when it's the Aldridges or the Archers. When it's a Horobin or a Carter, you're meant to think, well, Emma's gone off the rails again, hasn't well, she? Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. We're still hearing little sly mentions about Emma's embarrassing trawl around the village years later, and yet no one mentions the the, the huge mistakes that some of the kind of the the, the Archers, the well, the Archers have made. You know, and Brian and the Aldridges. Um, you can like you can imagine in a few years' time, Alice's alcoholism will be sort of, sort of, just some, mm. you know, like just one, just quietly dropped. I think it, yeah, it's kind of already getting there. I think. I mean, if you've got Lillian saying, "Well, Alice's addiction persuaded me to give up the fags," now let's open a bottle of fizz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Prepa that's all it. 
Prepare the guillotine. That's what I say. But I think Emma's Emma's low point was a particularly public, desperate, personal, I don't know, pit that she'd sunk into. It was so public and she literally paraded herself around the village um, I mean, that's in a state. And I just think that, pardon? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just thinking that's from our point of view. We, as listeners, but but Brian poisoning the whole of the AM and being in the newspapers, and you can imagine it was national news. Farmer poisons, you know, water course. Yeah, I still think that's slightly detached, isn't it? Than sort of parading physically around the village asking for stuff, and so I don't know again whether that's to do with her position in the village necessarily, as to do with the act of the low point being much more not shameful they're both shameful in different ways but I just think there's something about wandering around the village crying asking for money that that is gonna be something people don't forget I mean it's I mean it's it's lived I mean it it, that was I found that I mean obviously it's just a silly soap opera but I found that quite sort of almost scarring if if something in the archers could Mm. scar me that Emma going around the village was it yeah yeah it was awful you know, we're still talking about it. It was really memorable. I almost forget that Brian did that thing with those chemicals. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, well, what a what a surprise, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm just falling into the groove of what I'm supposed to say. But yeah, I think also there is this. I mean, there is that thing about addiction and stuff. No matter how overt what we heard Alice doing, she concealed it reasonably mm. well you know i mean gavin found out obviously harrison found out because he had that encounter with her in the car yeah um but you know i think it's been drip fed to a lot of other people in the village yeah and they all know now but yeah um she uh she she kept a lid on it for a while or at least the aldridges did their best mm. to anyway yeah, I think it was a cracking week. I think there were two coincidences that happened back to back, which felt a bit odd. One of which was Russ helping um, Chelsea and then going, right, I've now got to book a haircut. And her going, I can do haircuts. And he then... used to go to like Borsetshire Bants, didn't oh, he? Or somewhere? Borset Barnets. Borset Barnet, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's now closed. And then... Um, Lillian and Shula having the drinks because Lillian had gone nuts about desserts because of giving up fags and sort of saying, well, what you need is someone with some spare money who's into horses, who knows the situation. Oh, that's me. I was like, oh, really? That was in the same sodding episode. Those two things. All I'm hoping for is they're going to go off on a ride together and both get thrown off a horse. <laughs> oh, I mean, what? What? And then Lillian Shula dies. Lillian bumps her head, and um, and we go on as kind of like a bouncer's dream episode where she goes back to Tiger. And we get a few glorious weeks of her being back in Tiger's arms. <laughs> and I get Matt Crawford. Oh, I love Matt. Oh. Anyway, I miss him. He needs to yeah. come back. Get rid of Justin. But to end on a high, I think Blake, bless him, 
is going to do okay, isn't he? I hope, unless Martin Gibson's a total wronger. Well, when Alistair and Jazza and Jim have finished making him totally deconstruct and rebuild Greenacres, he <laughs> might have some time on his hands. Yeah. I, like, I like the way that, like, Blake is constantly in this horrible hostage situation where people are forcing tea on him. Alistair was like, do you want another cup of tea, Blake? And the fellow goes and say, like, no, four million's my limit, Mr. Alistair. <laughs> Mr. And then he Because he was stuck with Lee, wasn't he, before going, do you like your tea, Blake? Yeah. Is it the right colour? Yeah, Alistair was getting on my nerves, which I think he was supposed to. He was Let's supposed say. to. He was very, very awkward, wasn't he? It was, yes. It was the, um, it's the, I mean, if it's, it's a cliche for the middle class man to struggle to talk to the plumber or the electrician, but to talk to the um, pre- former slave who's working on your bathroom, I think that takes it to the awkwardness to a whole nother uh, strata. Is there an opening for Blake to work at the vet practice and shadow Jacob? Ooh, I'd he love that. really keeps saying how much he loves the animals, doesn't he? Jacob would love to have someone as um, biddable. <laughs> There's Blake around. Um, yeah, Mr. Jacob, what have you just done? <laughs> I've just wrung this cat's neck, Blake. Oh, be done. oh no. I, do you know, but Blake properly for the very first time loosened up and was telling his own story with laughs, wasn't he, about the um, machino shirt of his stepdad getting eaten by Dogzilla. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that was really nice to hear. In it was Alistair and Jazza's company, um, but he obviously warms very much to Jazza. But it was great to hear him tell a tale and laugh about something. It was much needed, wasn't it? Because like, do you remember yeah. comic relief? Comic relief has had to segue all the way from kind of like poverty porn and kind of famine porn, where they kind of do a kind of like a grotesque caricature of what africa is to try and tug at your heartstrings and now they try and tell a more well-rounded story about actually yes there there's problems but they're still people with their own you know sense of humor and narratives and stuff and i felt like it, we really needed blake to stop being this kind of um tissue thin mm-hmm. caricature because i think i'm i think i complained about the accent and it was more than the because i didn't want to get too deep into it before but i think it was kind of more than the accent it was it was sort of partly that he was just this kind of one-dimensional he is victim he says victim things and like you're saying kerry mm-hmm. then we got to hear a bit more about his backstory and who he is and yeah you know, to get, get a feeling for him and him at the hide when he's uh, it still felt a bit kind of hackneyed but kind of him loving being amongst nature and obviously you can mad you can project his love of the peace and quiet onto the situation mm. Yeah. Doesn't still doesn't forgive him eating the red wings, but you know. <laughs> By the way, that bird that Jazza mentioned, the lesser spotted willow thrussel, doesn't bloody exist. I was in the Young Ornithologist Club and the RSPB. Oh. No such thing. Were you always in a hide when you were littler then? Um <laughs> I was always getting a hiding, but that was fashionable in the eighties. Oh, Matthew. Well well, I mean my I mean don't, no one go toe to toe with me for the tragic beating story. I will, I will see no. anyone, as you know, Kerry. Yeah. My, it was fashionable. My parents used to put on rumours and like kick me around the kitchen. Stop it. Pick your soundtrack, <laughs> Matthew. I don't oh, want like... to pick your soundtrack. Yeah, I mean, if I'd have been born like 10 years later, it would have been Richard Marx. <laughs> Karl Marx's great grandson. Well, there was that awful movie with the awful scene in it with Julia Roberts as the poor woman who would, um, her husband would always put on a certain song when he was going to be subjected oh, to spousal abuse. So I think we're yeah. getting into, well, what I mean, we're getting into, that? 
We're getting into Rob Helen territory here. Yeah, we? exactly. No, I'm not making light of it, but just Matthew reminded me when he um, was saying that, you know, like the, uh, the, just when yeah. he made me think of the idea that there was a soundtrack for his beatings oh, I didn't in the know early that. 80s when it was all fine. What are you referring <laughs> to, though, Peter? The oh, there's a Julia Roberts movie. Yeah, what um, is it? It's, I can't remember. There's a guy with a moustache who's an abusive husband and she fakes her own death by, and but he finds her ring in the toilet and then tracks her down and she's in a nude town with a lovely man who's got blonde curly hair. Oh, That's, it's been a long. I'll I'll dig it out and I'll pop okay. it on the um, I'll pop it on the old um, uh, uh, pod description. Is it called oh, Ghost? Is it... Ah, is it? I'm, I'm joking. I thought it was Live Like You'll Die Tomorrow, Farm Like You'll Farm Forever. No, that's the one where Brian <laughs> tracks down every woman <gasps> in the county. Oh, yeah, imagine an episode of This Is Your Life with Brian Aldridge. <laughs> Hi, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember we did some drilling in the top exactly. field? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You sprayed my pasture. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Should we do the socials? Yes. Yeah. We don't want another one star review criticizing our potty mouths. <laughs> yes, we do. And Kerry, thank you for just proving it's not just the the, the male participants, as I think it was said. But anyway, yeah, um, silly yeah. Billy. Yeah, Kerry's perfectly capable of being a foul mouth paradin. Swat. Yes. <laughs> Take that away from her. But um, yes, so Matthew, you said socials. Do you want to do your socials then? I'll do my socials. Um, I do the Instagram, which is at the Cider Shed Pod, and I do Facebook, which is the Cider Shed Podcast, and that's a Facebook group. I reckon the Instagram needs something, some action yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, on, I, come on, love. Okay, I I hold my hands up. I mean, at least our know. Porto picture could be put on there. I put the Porto picture oh, did in, you? Our I didn't stories, notice it. in our oh, stories. That's, yeah. no, that's not that doesn't count. That's how Instagram works, baby. Uh, get it on the f-ing main page as well. Well, yeah, we have to. Yeah, we need some banners for that. But yeah, I put it in the stories. That's what all the kids are watching now. Yeah, they they're disappear all about within about five seconds. Twenty-four hours. They're all about the I transient. Know, I know. I've done them. I've done. Them. Yeah. Um, Twitter is at the side. So, yeah. So, well, I tell you what, that side of shed pod Twitter. Fucking <laughs> hell, it sucks. It does. No, it doesn't. We've got nearly one and a half thousand followers. Whoop whoop. Not good big, work, Kerry. No, big up. I will actually big up that as long as Kerry's slagging off the Instagram. I'm not slagging it off. It's just it needs a bit of love. Yeah, I know. I think last week, last week I was a bit tied up because, like, you know, I had people visiting and stuff first week back at yeah, work. I was so... entertaining you, Kerry. Yeah, sorry. So. It's my fault. Yeah, blame Kerry. I get the uh, I have the the easiest time, I think, when it comes to all the communications. I have to do the emails uh, at her hello at the cider shed dot com is our um, email address and uh yeah i it's a pleasure to hear from you i try i always try and respond quickly i've been a bit slow recently so i apologize for that but i please do get in touch and um we are um and we need some more feedback on the warbis episode we have now triggered our condition we've doubled our original listenership which as i've always said is was very healthy so please someone anyone just say whether you want it or not uh, we've had a lot of people giving us questions that they might want to hear but basically we just need a sort of like a, a yes please or a no thank you and we will um uh and we will um get cracking um so yeah um i've had a good week i actually do you know i um i think i've said this before but i feel a bit lifted by this week it was what i thought was a really good week of the archers mm. and i and my enthusiasm has been brought right back up again hurrah 
That's good. You know what I mean, though, you know, sometimes it does flag a bit, doesn't it? Well, yeah, which is funny you should say that. One of the days, can't remember which one, when I was doing the tweet along, I put, well, that was a right twirl of, circular twirl of nothing. Probably so. that was the episode where Ruth and Lillian were chatting, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, think just Chelsea, Chelsea and Jazza, Chelsea and Jazza, you know, gave me gave me what I wanted. And Ru- no, come on, Russ. I was... <sighs> yeah, of course, sorry, Russ. He's, I just love him. Russ, if you're out there, back to feel... Russ. I've written why, to him. I've written why to do him. I feel like everyone's finally come round to my way of thinking on this? You you are a very persuasive man when it comes to oh, these come things. On. It, everyone liked well. Everyone liked Russ as a actor man, didn't they? No, Kerry. Have you been, have you been on? I know. I know you avoid that toilet on um, on the internet. But there are a lot of people that hate Russ. Obviously, they hate the character of Russ because he's done horrid things. But he's brilliant. I will just finish the pod with a a compliment to our listeners. I genuinely think that our listeners are not stupid enough to be, uh, Mm. from all of the stuff that I see on Twitter, from all of the stuff that we we get sent, I don't think our listeners are stupid enough to be able to, you know, like to to, to, to sort of be like, oh, he's a nasty character, so I've got to dislike him. I think we get, I think we have a better better class of podder. Bravo, Peter. Well Mm. done. I agree. And well done, Matthew, for being the OG original gangster in, you know, <laughs> in Russ fandom. <laughs> for the dodgy Russ character, yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in. See you next week. Okay, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hello.